The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 1067. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goins and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody. Hope you're all doing well. It's a beautiful day here in the Auburn Opelika area. A little chilly, but the sun warms you up just fine as we are at the weekend. We've got one more day, and then we will have college football going on tomorrow. Tons of college basketball going on today. I've been keeping up with that a little bit. It's been uh, there's some big games, big names playing today. We've seen the Texas SEC A&M, struggle already. Texas A&M lost twice in like 16 hours. I know to Colorado by like 30. They let they let Colorado score 103 on them. What do we do? <laughs> 103 points, man. I, I don't know. That's that's not a great representation of SEC, but. It is what it is. I've I have long said that that Buzz Williams is a good coach, and uh, I have long. Uh, Are you retracting that with, statement with Brad Law at the Auburn Sports Network over this? And he sent me a Buzz Buzz text this morning. <laughs> well, there's a lot of college basketball going on. Auburn plays tonight. They play Texas Southern over at Neville Arena, so hopefully you're able to get over to that. Of course, Auburn football plays tomorrow against Western Kentucky. Um, but first, how about the Lee Scott Warriors? They are state champions in 2022. We were in Montgomery last night at Crampton Bowl and Lee Scott Academy. They are 2022 AISA Class 3A champions. What a game last night. What an adventure it has been all season long. Uh, it has been a blast for us. All the way back in the end of August, starting at Chambers Academy, coming all the way to Crampton Bowl in Montgomery. They defeated Glenwood 35-21, and Lee Scott, they're state champions, man. Man, it was a really, really fun night. Really, really cool. They jumped on Glenwood so quickly. And then just kind of hung on for uh, dear life there in the second half because Glenwood figured some things out. And uh, big turnover there late helped put it away. And it was it was a great night. It was a great night for, for Lee Scott. They were celebrating on the field. This, this group of kids deserved that state championship. They earned it over the course of the year going 12-0. 12-0 and... Nobody played them within two touchdowns all season long, and I don't think Lee Scott trailed. Uh, there may have been a time where they got scored I, on early. I don't know why. I just have like a memory of like somebody scoring on an opening possession, going like six nothing or something. But it was the total time trailed this year was maybe like two minutes, if that. And Lee Scott again, literally nobody played them within two touchdowns most of the time. Lee Scott won by thirty plus. So. They deserved it. They won last night. They defeated Glenwood 35-21. We had a blast all season long, and we are just extremely thankful. We said it on the broadcast last night, but just thankful for for the opportunity to do what we do and to be a very, very small part of that championship. But, hey, man, there is absolutely no break for us. 
Basketball starts tonight over at Lee Scott, so we will be going Absolutely. over there. Excited right after. Oh, go. yeah. Oh, I'm excited. There's no doubt about it. I'm very excited. Uh, that gets started tonight. We'll go on the air about 545 on AU100 as the girls game will get started around 6, and then the boys game will be right after that. So looking forward to basketball season. We'll see if we can uh, have continued success. We are a little spoiled because... We haven't called a loss yet this year, brother, so we'll see how long it takes for that. Most of the time, you don't go undefeated in high school basketball, but you never know. We'll have to wait and see how that goes, but hope you're all doing well on this Friday. Just wanted to shout out Lee Scott, the the school, of course, that we broadcast for winning the state championship last night. It was an absolute blast, but phone lines are open on this Friday afternoon. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. What are your thoughts on Western Kentucky and Auburn tomorrow? Uh, What's your What's your predictions? Are you going to the game? How do you feel? Uh, Of course, Western Kentucky is... They are getting some love in Vegas as they're not very big underdogs. I mean, Auburn is... Auburn is favored, but not by a whole lot over Western Kentucky. Yeah, well, actually, if you watched uh, Winners last night with Scott Van Pelt, Scott Van Pelt actually picked Western Kentucky to cover five and a half. Now, what's his record on the year? That's a better question. It's actually above 500. Really? It actually is. Well, it's actually decently above 500, if I recall. Well, that may not bode well for Auburn. We'll see. Obviously, it coming off of the uh, the win last week, I'm curious to see what they look like coming out on Saturday against a a smaller name, right? Because I don't want I don't want to say that Western Kentucky is a lesser opponent because of everything Auburn's gone through and the talent that's not on this roster right now and we know what Western Kentucky is. Have, they would not have been a lesser opponent against a Brian Harson team, but they are a lesser opponent against a Cadillac Williams team. That is fair. That is fair. But I'm <laughs> interested to see what they play like tomorrow. They play it's a weird game time, three o'clock. Uh, after the game, you and Car or you and Jack, excuse me, you are Carter. You and Jack <laughs> will be here in the studio. I'd say around 7 o'clock or so for after the game, brought to you by Urgent Care Clinic, so you guys have that to look forward to, and you won't be here until 1 o'clock in the morning, so that's exciting. Yeah, hey, it's, uh, I enjoy that, obviously. Uh, we, will, we will be able to, to put a show out there for, for the people that uh, people may not be asleep for, like, <laughs> like we have a couple times. That's absolutely season. right. Well, look, phone lines are open. We're talking Auburn football. We're talking college football. Maybe some college basketball here today. We're here for the next two hours. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. So let's start looking at this Auburn-Western Kentucky game. Coming off of last week, Auburn gets the emotional win over Texas A&M. Right? It's the first win under Coach Cadillac. It's the final home game of the year in Jordan-Hare Stadium before obviously going to Tuscaloosa next week for the Iron Bowl. What are expectations tomorrow? I mean, most people would say win, obviously, but what are you looking for from Auburn tomorrow coming off the A&M win in the final home game at Jordan-Hare? Uh, you just need to figure out a way to win, to be honest with you. And, and, and I know that expectations may be for... Because they see... Auburn fans may see the name Western Kentucky, and they may see Auburn the way that they've played the last couple weeks, and they may think, okay, Auburn's going to roll. I think that's a little – I'd be a little hesitant with that. This Western Kentucky team has been dangerous the last two years. They're 7-4 this year. Uh, They are moving in a very, very positive direction as a program, and um, they're they're a dangerous team. They're tough to beat, tough to beat for sure, and and I think Auburn needs to be focused. They're – that was after after the game. 
I looked at Jack last week, and I said, because it hit me in that moment after that win, after that big emotional win, everybody was so excited. I looked at him, and I said, Auburn better not have a letdown game next week. That would be, I think that would be backbreaking to to the the soul of Auburn fans with the way that they have been galvanized. That would That would hurt. That would hurt big time if they let a Western Kentucky team come into Jordan-Hare Stadium and pull off a win. The Auburn, the Auburn fans need to show up and show out. They, they, they do. They need to do exactly. I mean, obviously, it's not as big of a game as Texas A&M, but you, there, it needs to be loud. It needs to be a good environment. Um, it's going to be a tough game. It really is. They, this Western Kentucky team can put up a lot of points. I think Auburn fans will show out tomorrow. I really do. I mean, it's the last game of the year, right? I mean, it, it, it's, it's a time for, for people who have – you know, and here's the good thing about one of these games, right? This is one of the three non-con games that Auburn plays every year. Ticket prices are usually a little bit cheaper for these games. And so this is where you see a lot of families be able to come into town and enjoy Auburn, go to the game, and not have to spend as much as an SEC game, right? So I think a lot of people will be in town tomorrow. I think a lot of people will be going to the game, as they should. Like you said, uh, this is... A, this is a scary game. If Auburn doesn't show up and play well, they need 87,000 to be back behind them so they can have that as a little bit of an edge as well. And, you know, it's there could be people that that sit here and say, wow, why are we, why are we, you know, is it bad that we're talking about Auburn having to play really well to beat Western Kentucky? No, I don't think that's an issue at all because of where Western Kentucky is and where Auburn is right now and what they've gone through not saying I think that Auburn's not going to play well and that they can't win this football game but Auburn's got to play well to beat Western Kentucky that's just that's just a fact and with everything that's gone on I think Cadillac will have this team ready I don't think them being underprepared or unmotivated or getting caught up against the Texas A&M win would be an option for him or this team I just feel like uh, I just feel like that that this team is is going to be they're going to be ready to go against Western Kentucky on Saturday and I hope the fans show up and support. Yeah, I I definitely believe that this this game is going to be it's going to be tough. I hope the fans show up and I hope Auburn comes 100% focused and there is no potential of a of a look ahead to what is surely going to be an emotional game in the Iron Bowl. But like I was saying, I don't think Cadillac will give them that option. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he's going to have them ready to go. From the little amount of time we've seen him be a head coach, I think he's going to have them ready. Yeah. Yeah, I think that uh, they will be focused, I would imagine. I don't see Cadillac Williams with with the way that he's handled this situation, there being any any semblance that this team may not be focused on this game. Yeah, and so we'll see uh, the results of that. Unfortunately, looking at college football a little bit, or especially the SEC, there's not a lot of great games going on this weekend. Um, it's that weekend of the year. It's before rivalry week. But now Auburn's got to – they've got to take care of business against Western Kentucky. Then you take your five wins into Tuscaloosa to a place where you're playing a team that's beatable. Not saying Auburn is going to win because I, I haven't made my mind up on that yet. But Auburn, if they win on Saturday – if they win in Tuscaloosa, they go bowling. Yeah, I think that that there may be 
a difference level and motivation for those two teams. And it's a matter of if that's going to be enough, if Auburn's able to get this win this weekend, uh, if that's enough to get this Auburn team um, over the talent gap di- difference. And I am curious. I want to see how the, everything shakes out. I want to see how the playoff picture shakes out going into next weekend because I do start to wonder if maybe you start seeing some opt-outs for Alabama. And I, I think that there's definitely a potential for that. And I think that that's another thing that can help eliminate that that the 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 kind of cavern between these two teams right now in in talent. We'll see. I mean, I think it's possible that Alabama, you could see, and not just Alabama, other big programs that miss out on the playoff, you could see big names start to opt out and decide, okay, well, if we're not playing for the playoff, we don't care about any other bowl game, and we have an NFL future to protect. Yeah, I mean, and it's not even like it's going to be, I mean, I don't think it's going to be that great of a bowl game for them regardless. I I mean, mean, what are they predicted right now? The Orange Bowl versus Clemson, I think is what it's looking like right now. Yeah. Last time I looked at it. Yeah, I mean, I just don't, I, it'll be interesting to see how motivated this Alabama team, and that's going to change because Clemson's going to go play in the ACC championship game one way or another. If they win out, then Clemson's going to move up to a higher New New Year six bowl if they lose and they're going to fall behind that spot but but I I it'll be I just don't see why if you're a Will Anderson if you're I mean even a Bryce Young like what motivation is there like Bryce Young is a top six pick in the NFL draft he's going to be the second quarterback off the board after CJ Stroud what reason is there to go out there and risk potentially your potentially your future at this point, you've accomplished everything. You have, you mean, except for winning a national championship, which uh, you're not going to get an opportunity to do. Yeah, and that's where the conversation comes in about uh, players choosing to opt out or not play in bowl games. We've seen that pick up steam a lot over the years. Uh, the big name guys deciding not to go and play in what some people call meaningless bowl games. I, I don't like to call it that, but if you look at big picture, it is kind of that way, right? I mean, you're not playing for anything after that. So you've seen that trend really pick up over the years of guys opting out, deciding not to play once the once the fate of the team is sort of decided where you're not going to be playing in the playoff or a championship game. Then, yeah, you see guys start to opt out. But that's where the conversation comes in about, well, you don't have anything to play for. I've got a future in the NFL to protect. And I get that. But then the other side, the pushback on that is, well, you started something with your team, you should finish it. And some guys feel that way, and some guys don't. And I think there is fair argument for both sides, right? Where if you're a guy on the team and you've been playing here for three years and you've been all through this season, you get to the very end and you decide, okay, I'm about to go play in the pros. If I get hurt, if I tear my ACL or if I hurt my neck or something like that to where I can't play football – I'm going to be devastated and not know what to do with myself. I'm not going to play so I can get drafted. I get that, right? I do. I 100% yeah. get it. But and on I the flip side, the player's ability, their 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 want to to do that for sure. Right. And I also understand and respect the flip side where a guy says, "I started this season back in the summer with these guys with my brothers. 
I'm going to finish it out because that's what I want to do. I want to finish it out for Auburn, for Alabama, for LSU, whoever you're playing for. I want to finish out my year with this team. I respect that too. Isn't it crazy that this this all comes back to uh, the first person, the first notable person to do this was Christian McCaffrey years ago in the Sun Bowl, and people killed him in the media for doing it. And now, I mean, we've seen people do it at the midway point of a regular season. We saw the Boses do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they I mean, did. It's it's fascinating how that has, has developed over time. I think doing that in the middle of the season is a little... I don't know what the word is. I think it's a little ridiculous to do it in the middle of the I season. Agree. But I understand. Once well, the team's well, like, fate is like, decided... I believe Nick Bosa got banged up in yeah, like I think he three did. or four and then decided, you know what, I'm going to call it a day. I'm going to pack it up and I'm going to get ready for, for the NFL draft. Right. But again, once the team realizes... like once Take Alabama, for example. They're out of the SEC championship race. They're probably out of the college football playoff. Now that that is decided... And Will Anderson or somebody like that says, okay, I think I'm going to be done not playing the bowl game, possibly not playing an Iron Bowl or something. I understand because there's a lot of money at stake, life-changing money and contracts at stake in these football games. If you get hurt, you're changing your life forever. So I get it. We'll see how that goes. Of course, Auburn plays in the Iron Bowl next week. Uh, That's sort of how we got on this conversation. But Auburn's got Western Kentucky tomorrow. We'll talk about that some more coming up later in the show. We'll talk some more college football, some college basketball as well. We'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Back here inside the studio at ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Looking around the country, there's some college basketball going on today. We alluded to it at the top of the show. Of course, Auburn plays Texas Southern tonight. Uh, That is at... 7 o'clock, your Auburn Tigers ranked 13th in the country over uh, in playing Texas Southern, who is 1-4. Auburn is favored by 24.5 points tonight. Yeah, well, I mean, this this is a 1-4 Texas Southern team. Do you know who their one win is over? Arizona State, who just, oh. beat, who just beat Michigan last night by 20. By 20, yes, they did. We saw that uh, score while we were waiting to call the least God football game. So Auburn plays Texas Southern tonight over at Neville Arena against 7 o'clock. They're favored by a lot. Uh, I would expect them to win by a lot. Interested to see how that'll go. We'll have to catch the final score, partner. We'll be calling Lee Scott basketball over at Lee Scott Academy. But games have been going on all day because of these early season tournaments and stuff going on. Uh, there, There's all kinds of good games going on today. Uh, nothing crazy going on right now but we did have some results from earlier today and there's some good ones coming up later tonight in college basketball the one we talked about a little bit Colorado embarrassing Texas A&M 103 to 75 Colorado defeats Texas A&M who was ranked 24th in the country by the way they are not going to be ranked that moving forward they are no I hope not they've They've been crushed twice here in the past two days. Have you seen Colorado's first five games? They're three and two. Listen to this. They beat UC Riverside. They lose to Grambling. Yes. Okay. Then I knew that. 
Then they beat number 11 Tennessee, 78-66, so they beat them by 22. They turn around, they lose to UMass. Then they turn right around and they beat Texas A&M by a lot, by 28 to be exact. So Colorado's having themselves a weird start to their basketball season. That was one of the early matchups today, the early results from today. Also, there's, I mean, there's just so much basketball today. It's, they, it's, at one there's point, so they had much. an 80 to 48 lead. 80 to 48? At one point. In oh that my game. gosh, dude. Virginia Tech beats Penn State in basketball. But if you look at some of the good games coming on later, you've got number 19, Illinois, at number 8, UCLA. You've got Alabama plays Jacksonville State, so nothing crazy there. Uh, Michigan State, Villanova. How about that one? That's a really, really, really good matchup. Florida, Florida State. Uh, You've got, hey, your boys play Purdue-Fort Wayne. Purdue-Fort Wayne (laughs) had (laughs) one of the dumbest games I've seen, just doing some research on them. They they lost to Michigan in their opener, but then in their third game, they played something um, called Manchester. And won a hundred and eleven to thirty one. What? It's so the oh dumbest gosh. game I've ever seen in my life. That's horrible. They were fifty six percent from three in the game. Wow, fifty six percent. That's that's on fire. Look, look, Northwestern's a good team, and they might give Auburn if these two teams match up in the Cancun Challenge. They might give Auburn a real test next week because they can play defense and they can fill it up from deep. Are you cheering for that? You want that to happen? I think don't it'd you? be really, really cool. It'd be really, really, really fun. Yeah, it well. would be fun. Of course, Auburn getting underway would, in that Cancun Challenge next week. It would week. also help Auburn in potential like resume building situations, resume building, net rankings, all those things that they use when building the bracket in March. How about this matchup? Number 16, Virginia. Number 5, Baylor tonight. That'll be a good one as well in college basketball. Looking forward to that one. That one's going to be a lot of fun. I believe, is there another ranked matchup? Did you already say Illinois? Illinois, Uh uh-huh. Yeah, that's going to be a good one. There's not a ton of great games, Indiana Xavier, sneaky good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I use only a a two-and-a-half-point favorite Mm -hmm. at Xavier in that one. That one's going to be... Uh, an exciting one. There's so many of these games that I think could be interesting. Uh, I mean, I would I would even keep an eye on Davidson versus South Carolina. You have you have matchups where I mean, even Vanderbilt starting one and two. I'm not sold that they're going to beat Morehead State. Right, and you just never know because this is that fun time of year in the early season of college basketball where there's games all day, every day, especially next week. And ESPN, they call it their feast week. Right, they call it feast week, where there's games all day, every day, in so many different tournaments. And these are really, really cool because you get to see matchups you don't typically get to see, like the potential of Auburn playing Northwestern in basketball. Like, that just doesn't happen a whole lot. And you get to see big ranked matchups, again, that don't happen, like Baylor and and playing big-name schools like this and top 25 teams playing each other in these early season tournaments. And so it's really exciting. I love watching college basketball during Thanksgiving week. Uh, I I really, really enjoy it. And Auburn plays in Cancun, uh, so that'll be enjoyable. They are the (laughs) biggest name by far down there, and they should be favored in every game that they play in this Cancun Challenge, but it should be exciting. Yeah, I I do think that like people may roll their eyes at that Northwestern matchup if it does happen because Northwestern is a team that's made exactly one NCAA tournament 
And that was in 2016, 17, I believe. One ever? Yes. Uh, and and <laughs> I think that they can... They have a team that I think is going to be more competitive in the Big Ten than people are expecting this year. I'm excited. I hope Auburn plays Northwestern, just for your sake, buddy. I hope <laughs> they play. Because then, then you're torn, right? Then you don't know where to go. I don't think I'm torn. <laughs> All right. That's fine. Look, we got to get to a break. 30 minutes into hour number one. We'll look around college football coming up tomorrow here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goetz and Carter Bird on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 minutes into hour number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goetz, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika sports leader. Looking around the country in college football tomorrow, well, we've had some games. We had two games on Tuesday. We had a game, two games, three games on Wednesday. They just yeah, kept this going. Is action, baby. They, they just kept this going. Is, this <laughs> is that that time of the year where yeah. we, we get football every single day for like two months. That's right. Game on Thursday. You got two games tonight. And then looking at the games coming up tomorrow. And like I said, not to not to be negative Nancy here, but there's just not a lot of great football tomorrow. I mean, there's no big top five, top ten, top twenty-five matchups. Yeah, there's not there a, are. Well, there's not a ton of them. At the well, there, there, there's two big ones late in the day. Late in the day, yes. But looking at the top ranked teams, Michigan's got Illinois. Okay, TCU's got Baylor. I that mean, could be interesting. Illinois's been good all year. They've They're been seven good. Three. Okay. I mean, I, I, the, the line to me at 17 and a half feels a little, a little lopsided for, for, that, I think that Illinois kind of could, I think Illinois could keep it close. We've seen Michigan play teams like this and they start out slow and then they have to beat them later on in the game. What if they don't do that? I think Illinois could keep it close. I just, Illinois, I just feel like they've gotten so off track here. It's going to be it's a matchup of two really great running backs. You have Chase Brown versus Blake, Blake Corum. Blake Corum, somebody that people want to push into the Heisman conversation. Chase Brown has 1,442 yards on the year. Really impressive year for him. I, I'm, I'm excited to see both of them on the field at uh, on Saturday mm-hmm. in that matchup. I think that's going to be kind of the story of the game because yeah. it's two really good defenses as well. Blake Corum has got 1,349 yards as well. That game at 11 a.m. on ABC, you look at TCU and Baylor. That's 11 a.m. on Fox. That has college football implications right there. College football playoff implications, I should say, because TCU, still undefeated, number four team in the country. They are the Big 12's last hope to get in to the college football playoff. If TCU loses, I just don't know if they get in. This is a game they've got to win on the road in Waco. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. I think TCU continues, and I say this every week because – they find a way to just scrape by against everybody. They're playing to the level of their opponent more than any other team in the country this year because they are 10-0, and it feels like every week they're having to come back or they're winning by just a single score with the exception of maybe that Oklahoma game where they may have run away with that one. But they're knocking out these, these quarterbacks as well at a stupid high rate. 
they beat SMU by eight. They beat Oklahoma by by thirty one against a backup quarterback. One which Oklahoma was st- sticking with them early, and then when the backup quarterback went in, it was wildly different. Uh, they beat Kansas by seven against a backup quarterback in that one. They beat Oklahoma State by three in a comeback win. They beat K State by ten against a backup quarterback. 10 points against West Virginia and a comeback win in that one. Same in in the Texas Tech game. Texas Tech had the lead the whole way. Quarterback gets knocked out. And then a low-scoring affair last weekend against Texas, 17-10. They just kind of scrape by barely. And eventually, eventually, they're going to slip on the on the banana peel. And I think Baylor might be the, the the banana peel here. If we're playing Mario Kart, they, they might run into it and wreck here. I love the Mario Kart reference. I love it. I love it. I want to ask you this. Take away TCU's ranking. Take away their record. Just from what you've seen on the field this year, given everything, I all the things you just talked about, right? Take away their ranking. Take away their record. Is this a college football playoff team? Is no. this a top four team in the no, country? No, because the, the defense has not been consistent enough this year. They've they've gotten by by getting behind and coming back and winning so much this year. They, they if they get in in the fourth spot, you're gonna watch Georgia win by five six scores because Georgia's gonna suffocate that offense. That offense has not seen a defense like Georgia's, and then that defense. Does not have the dudes to match up with this this TCU or this this Georgia offense. I agree. I think that TCU's record um, is what has gotten them to this point in if their they, ranking. If they go undefeated, yes, they deserve to be the fourth team. But I'm telling you right now, it's going to be ugly. I'm with you. I, I'm right there with you. I don't. If you if they go undefeated, you got to put them in because of what the college football playoff is, what their uh, record is, and what the everything that goes into it. You would have to put them in. Do I think they're a top four team right now? No, I think Tennessee would wipe the floor with TCU. I, I really, really do. I think you could put somebody like Alabama if they played a good game. I think they would beat TCU. So I don't think TCU is a top four team. But their record says otherwise, and that's why they are where they are. They've got to continue to win to try to get into the college football playoff. Georgia plays Kentucky tomorrow. We've talked about this a little bit, how this game is not what we thought it was going to be. Unfortunately, I'm very glad that I picked Georgia to win the SEC East and didn't pull the trigger on Kentucky back in the beginning. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, of course. But, uh, yeah, this this should not be the CBS game. I think the CBS game this week should be that Ole Miss Arkansas game because I think that one. You didn't want it to be Florida Vanderbilt. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I did not. I think I think that that Ole Miss Arkansas game has the most intrigue and the best chance to be kind of a chaotic game. Just just look at the storyline surrounding it. How much has this week been a dis- distraction for Ole Miss? Why? Well, because Lane Kiffin. He has a contract extension. You notice how the school did announce, or, or at least they leaked word, that there is a contract extension offer. They did not announce that he signed that contract extension. 
Hmm. Is that an accident? Is that a coincidence? I don't know. I think not. I don't know. We're going to have to wait and see. I like that Ole Miss-Arkansas game, too, though. Getting back to that a little bit. Ole Miss-Arkansas, I think it's the best game in the SEC this week. I think it is a an interesting matchup because you've got an Ole Miss team who is still a top 15 team. They're ranked 14th in the country. They're, let's see, they are 8-2, and 4-2 and two in the SEC. They're on the road at Arkansas. A Razorbacks team that's 5-5, five and five. they've got decent wins, they've got some losses that are questionable. Ole Miss only favored by 2.5 on the road at Arkansas. The big question is, does K.J. Jefferson play? That is what makes yes. Arkansas good or not good. And it's going to be cold. They're saying the temperature is going to be right at freezing and in Fayetteville at kickoff. It's at night. It's a 6-30 game. This has a potential to be a, a really, really good football game. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that this game can be awesome. I really do because you you saw last week an LSU team that really probably had had no business um, making that a game in terms of the trajectory of both of their seasons, but you saw LSU barely sur- survive, barely, barely, barely survive, and and... I think Ole Miss, a team that LSU killed early in the year, an Arkansas team that might potentially be uh, at at full strength at, at the quarterback position, might have KJ Jefferson back. They can be a handful, and it's in the freezing cold. And you know, you know that maybe Arkansas's got a little more experience in the cold than Ole Miss does. Looking at some of the games tomorrow night in college football, the two games that you uh, sort of talked about a little bit ago or alluded to, I should say, 7 o'clock on Fox, number 7 USC, number 16 UCLA. The Trojans are the last chance for the Pac-12 to get in. We talked about TCU being that in the Big 12. It's USC in the Pac-12. They've got to win, or the Pac-12 may be on the outside looking in. They are, quote, unquote on the road at UCLA playing in Pasadena you can say that what it is it's going to be a packed house for both programs they're going to have fans there it should be a great atmosphere it should be packed out and USC is favored by two and a half if you're a fan of points this one's supposed to have it 76 and a half is the total with USC and UCLA yeah how about that I, I I'm, I'm trying to 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 see what the I think the score last year was something crazy. And look, this game has a chance to be very, very, very fun. There's a lot of points in these games. UCLA finds a way to hang around when they should be outmatched. Last year, do you know how many points UCLA put on USC? 62. They Yeesh. beat them 62-33. Oh, that's right. That's how right. about that? And And I think that that's why... You're seeing this point total be that high because USC's defense is bad. I don't believe in UCLA's defense all that much. And you have Lincoln Riley on the other side now. You have Caleb Williams on the other side now. There should be a lot of points. This game has a chance to just be an absolute track meet and be a ton of fun to watch. It's one of the later starting games. And then you have another. Is 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 this the one that, that, that starts at 930? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is the one that starts at 7. 
Oh, oh, oh! I thought you were. Uh, I thought you were getting to the other game starting at nine thirty. My bad. Yeah, USC UCLA is at seven. The game that starts at nine thirty is going to be a dogfight. Number ten Utah, number twelve Oregon, nine thirty on ESPN. This is a true Pac twelve after dark game right here. I think Vegas knows something. I think Vegas knows something because at the beginning of this week, we knew Bo Nix was banged up. We knew he was. Beginning of the week, Oregon was favored by two and a half, somewhere around there. And in the middle of the night one night, it swung to Utah favored by two points. I don't think Bo Nix is playing in this game, and I think that's going to result in Utah dominating this matchup. You don't think he plays at all? I think he's hurt. I think he's hurt. Interesting. I don't think he plays. I've known he's banged up, but I haven't I haven't really dug too much into that. How, if he's, much, how much confidence does this quote give you? Bo Nix is, quote, preparing himself as if he can go. If I had to break that down, if he's preparing himself as if he can go, I mean, it sounds like he is not able to go, and it's going to be a game-time decision. Game decision. He's going to prepare and see how he feels at about 9 o'clock on Saturday night. Yeah, I think that there's a real, real chance Bo Nix does not play in this game, and if he does not, Utah might smash these guys. Yeah, I mean, if Bo Nix doesn't play, I don't know I don't know what Oregon's backup quarterback situation looks like. Uh, we haven't had to see that a whole lot this year because Bo Nix is... Thompson, I think he's very, very talented, but... Yeah. He's the guy for the last two years. They've been begging for him to take over the offense, and he hasn't. He hasn't seized the opportunity. Could he be a bust? I don't know. It'll be fascinating. And again, we haven't seen him a whole lot this year because Bo Nix has been putting up Heisman Trophy numbers. So you don't put the backup in when you've got a guy who's going to be sitting in New York in a few weeks. So hopefully Bo Nix plays. I, I want to see him play. I want to. I want him to be successful because if he doesn't play, this game is not as as attractive as it was if he was playing for Oregon, but I think it'll be a good game anyway. Like you said, Utah favored by two. They're on the road in Eugene. Pac-12 after dark, 9.30 on ESPN tomorrow night. That should be interesting. So you do have two ranked matchups. At the and end of the day, the, the most fun matchups, I think. If Bo Nix plays in that Oregon-Utah game, I think that becomes a really, really fun matchup. Might go back and forth the whole way. If he doesn't play, though, how is Oregon's offense going to look? Right. Because you know Utah's more, the more physical team in that matchup. Yeah, and that's that's the issue, and that's the worry, right? If, if Bo Nix doesn't play, Oregon, I just don't know what type of team they're going to have with Bo Nix on the sidelines because, again, we've seen him all year, and he's put up Heisman Trophy numbers. So hopefully he plays. I mean, that's the best thing I can say is I hope he plays because this game will be a lot of fun if he does. we got to get to our final break here in hour number one. We'll come back and wrap up this first hour before I got confirmation. Jack Cudden's joining us in hour number two. We figured he would be, but just got confirmation for it. So he'll join us in hour number two. It's all coming up here on the Friday edition of On the Line. On the line on ESPN 1067, online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up our number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird with you on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Coming up in hour number two, we're going to talk the Auburn head coaching search some more as we have the feeling that... This thing may be narrowing down a little bit, and 
we we've got a leader in the clubhouse i can go ahead and just tell you that right now we've got a leader in the clubhouse we're going to talk about that coming up in hour number two we'll also talk auburn western kentucky make some picks around college football that's all coming up in hour number two but looking back to basketball a little bit again auburn plays texas southern tonight before uh, they go on and play in that cancun challenge the win you would hope is not a question mark tonight for auburn basketball but Looking at players specifically and offense defense tonight, I expect Auburn's defense to to play really well. They've played well uh, so far this year uh, in the first three games of the season, and I think they're going to be locked down. They're really tough because the guards are really good at guarding and face guarding out on the perimeter, and if you do happen to get by one of them, you're running into the trees of Janai Broom, Yoan Treor, or Dylan Cardwell. Yeah, I think that this this Auburn team is going to play phenomenal defense all year long, uh, which is why I think that they're going to compete in matchups. If they shoot well, it could be uh, a really dangerous team. And they that's could win the question a lot mark. of games. They shot well in the last matchup against against Winthrop, but if they continue that, if they continue to to improve in that area, this Auburn team can be a problem. For a lot of SEC teams that are looking a little wobbly out the gate here. Yeah, and that's a problem for the SEC because, like you said, there's a couple of teams that have struggled early, and that's not good for Auburn. It's not good for the conference. Sure, you'll get some wins, but you want Auburn to be battle-tested by the time they get to March, and playing in a tough conference will do that because you look at a team like Gonzaga who, if you listen to this program, you know I do not – like Gonzaga because of the teams that they play in the regular season and that's why they have yet to win a national championship it's not about talent it's not about coaching they don't play anybody and they get to the to the tournament and they have to play back to back to back to back good teams and they can't do it they can't beat them so that is why I want the SEC to be good because Auburn has been battle tested when they get to the tournament you play good teams you build up your confidence, you build up your ability to play those better teams. And the SEC being down early on this year, it's not a good sign. Uh, we'll see what happens with Auburn. But like you said, they've got the Cancun Challenge coming up with some teams that they should be favored over in, I would say, every single game coming up next week. Yeah, absolutely. They are the best team in that tournament, but they better go there with a level of focus and a level of, of, of energy to, to handle the, the teams in that tournament. You're seeing so many teams go down to small schools or go down in favored matchups already this year. And there is the Power 5 school big uh, out of the Big Ten, Northwestern, out of the other side of that bracket, who I think could be a really, really, really fascinating matchup for Auburn. Yeah, so looking at the Cancun Challenge schedule a little bit, starting on Tuesday, uh, you've got Purdue-Fort Wayne versus Eastern Michigan, Southern Miss, and Winthrop. And then you've got Bradley versus Auburn. That'll be on Tuesday at 6 o'clock, then Liberty and Northwestern that night at 8.30. Then on Wednesday, we'll have a show on Wednesday, by the way. Uh, We'll have, let's see, where does Auburn? Auburn will play the winner if Auburn wins against Bradley like they should they will play the winner of Liberty and Northwestern the matchup you were talking about earlier so Auburn should again they should win I mean they just should they're the best team there by a lot you've got uh, Purdue Fort Wayne you've got Eastern Michigan Southern Miss Winthrop Liberty Northwestern Purdue or that um, Purdue Fort Wayne Auburn I mean by far Auburn's the best team 
know what's fascinating to me to see the <laughs> in my research, Purdue Fort Wayne has like changed how what they go by like three or four times in the last like decade or so. Well, like the name of their yeah, it used to be like program. Indiana, Purdue, were like it used to be a whole long thing like IPFW and all this stuff. Now they're just they're going by Purdue Fort Fort Wayne full time now. Purdue Fort Wayne, there you go. That's it. So not the not the sexiest tournament you'll see coming up next week in not college basketball. Auburn, we've seen them play in Maui uh, a few years ago. So I again, I would rather Auburn be in a bigger tournament. But it is what it is. I mean, it's cool to play in these tournaments. It's a cool experience to go in Cancun and be in Mexico because that's pretty awesome. It's a lot warmer there than it is here right now. So good for them. I hope they enjoy it. We'll have tons of basketball tournaments coming up next week. And just to sort of remind you what next week is looking like, we will have shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. No show on Thursday because of Thanksgiving. So we will have a show the day before and the day after Thanksgiving to preview the Iron Bowl coming up next Saturday. So on the line and the drive, we'll both have shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday off on Thursday for Thanksgiving. That's all next week for shows here on ESPN 106.7. Hour number one in the books. We'll be back for hour number two. Auburn Opelika's sports leader. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. To be on the line, call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You are on the line with Jacob Goetz and Carter Bird. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika Sports Leader. Happy Friday, everybody, on this Friday, November 18th, 2022. Here in the Auburn Opelika area, again, hope you're all doing well. It is sunny, but it is chilly here in Auburn, Alabama. Hour number one, officially in the books. You know what that means. Hour number two, officially underway here on ESPN 106.7. If you missed any of the first hour, be sure to go and find the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast or you can go to ESPNAU.com, click on the podcast center. You can find a commercial free right after the show. Jacob Goetz, Carter Bird with you here in studio, joined by Jack Hutton, our every Friday guest joined in studio, talking all things Auburn and college football. Happy Friday, brother. How are you? Fellas, how are you guys? We are I'm great, Jack. Great. How are you? I'm wonderful, Carter. How are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good. Oh, my gosh. You just asked me that twice. favorite greeting every week. Just wanted to make sure you're doing all right over there. Well, I'm doing fantastic. The, the, the question is, how are you, Jake? <laughs> uh, 
I'm great. Yeah, I'm doing great. Uh, of course, Jack Hutton is part of the Auburn High School Sports Network broadcast team. He's on with uh, Auburn High Football. He is their show producer, does halftime, score updates, stats, all that good stuff with uh, Scott Bagwell and Rob Pate. You guys will be at Central tonight for the semifinals in the state championship of 7A. Yes, sir. That's right. So uh, going on in Phoenix City, um, Central is the host tonight. It's a semifinal game. So you've got on one side of the bracket, you got Central and Auburn, uh, both out of Region 2. Central, of course, the champion of that region in the regular season. And then on the other side, you got Thompson and Hoover. And so winners of those two games will play. So it's, it is not it's not for sure, but it is presumed the, the winner of tonight's game probably going to be the favorite in the state title game. And so tonight is just about as big a game as you want uh, as a high school football player. Well, you talk about some big names in the state of Alabama in high school football. Auburn, Central, Hoover, and Thompson. I mean, those yeah. those those are just about as big as it gets when it talks when you're talking 7A football. So, that will be tonight over on Wings 94.3. That's one of our sister stations here at Auburn Network. So, broadcast time 6:30 kickoff at 7 on the Auburn High School Sports Network on Wings 94.3. Jack, I'm sure you saw that uh, Lee Scott won last night. I state sure champions. did. State champs. How about it, guys? Yeah, it was it was a blast, man. We had a we had so much fun all season long. And I just look, I just want to say that since we took over, Lee Scott hasn't lost. They went undefeated all year. So I'm going to credit the kids more than us for. for, for, for I wasn't that. giving us credit. I was saying it was maybe not a coincidence. If that trend keeps going, I'm going to nominate you guys for. One and two on the Auburn Sports Network calling every Auburn game that they got. That's right. That's that. right. If, if Lee Scott basketball just doesn't lose a game, baseball doesn't lose a game, I'd be down for yeah. that. I'm going to go out on a crazy limb here and say they're probably not both going to go undefeated. Yeah, maybe so. But, yes, Lee Scott wins the state championship last night in AISA, so we had a, a great time doing that. So the two schools we cover here at Auburn Network, Lee Scott and Auburn High. Lee Scott's got it done. Now it's Auburn High's turn. They got Central tonight in the final four again that'll be on wings 94.3 broadcast time 6.30 kickoff at 7 and Carter and I will be calling uh, Lee Scott basketball so we'll have to be getting updates from you Jack as we call Lee Scott basketball football wrapped up yesterday and basketball starts today so we're excited to get that going on AU 100 but here in hour number two we're going to talk Auburn head coaching search for Auburn University football that is of course that has been a big deal over the last couple of weeks lots of drama lots of entertainment really talking about this head coaching search and who is Auburn going to hire for their next head coach and then later on in the show we'll talk Auburn Western Kentucky we'll make some picks around college football and then we'll get out of here as Carter and I head over to Lee Scott so we'd love to hear from you in hour number two three three four three two one thirteen ninety is the number to put you through to us let's start talking this thing a little bit as it seems like Carter likes to use the the horse race analogy. I like to use the golf analogy. We've got a leader in the clubhouse. Carter says we've got a horse that is way out in front right now. I said that there there are a lot of links out in front of the field. Yes, of who Auburn is going after for their head coach. It's Lane Kiffin that they're going after. I was going to say, I, was, I didn't know if we were keeping that under wraps, but my, uh, I mean, my I, big comment I don't, was, I don't see the reason to, to not please, say it. Because please tell me how you thought that was under wraps at all. No, Every, that's that what is I'm the saying. number one name out of everybody's mouth. Well, that's what I'm saying. I didn't think we were keeping it under wraps, but it sounded very <laughs> secret in here. So I was like, oh, we're going to take a going to take maybe a couple different lanes for this coaching oh search. Oh, my God. Hey-o, <laughs> hey-o. No, it, look. There's Gosh, n- this, 
this coaching search is just a runaway train down the tracks, huh? That's right. It's like, look, the coaching search is picking up a little momentum as it gets going, you know. But, no, it is, and it truly is, is the fact that the number one guy right now is Lane Kiffin. I think everybody knows that. I think everybody can agree on that. Doesn't necessarily mean everybody wants that, but I think that's where Auburn's going. You know what's been fascinating? It's been fascinating to see new names pop up this week. You've Which is seen. something we talked about with this certain particular staff of Roberts, President Roberts and John Cohen. You never knew where they were going to find somebody out of the woodworks that nobody was talking about. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've got... You've got uh, Dabo Sweeney has surfaced. There's some rumors about James Franklin. I'll be honest with you. If I were an Auburn fan, I would absolutely hate if James Franklin was the next coach. I do not yeah. want James Franklin. No, I do I, not want that. I don't either. The, did you guys see probably about 30 minutes ago Lane Kiffin's tweet on the real estate market in Oxford? No. So he was, there's a guy who I, I guess is a real estate manager. He's in Oxford. His name's Keith Kessinger. And he posted something about his real estate. And Lane comes on and says, Keith is the best. And people are wondering if that means he's trying to list his house for sale in Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's been a big part he's of great. this, too. He's great at trolling yes, he everyone. Is. And that is where, in the year 2022, where a coaching search can be so fun because of social media, right? It can be it can be really bad because you can definitely get fooled and people run with things very, very quickly and things get blown out of proportion and a lot of it is not even true. But when Lane Kiffin's tweeting stuff about that, he's doing it on purpose because that's just the guy he is and it just gets people riled up. Well, you know, there, there's a double-edged side of this because if you look on the, the picture that Keith Kessinger uh, tweeted out, it says that he is a proud corporate sponsor or partner of the Grove Collective, which is Ole Miss's NIL co- collective as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's all of that. There's, I mean, this is this. Lane Kiffin's played both sides of the fence here. He's by saying <laughs> Keith is the best. He's saying yeah, he's supporting NIL, but then also I could be. Listing my house with Keith here in a little bit. And what's really been exciting and fun to try to keep up with is, like Carter talked about, the different names that continue to pop up, whether it's from people throwing names out there or it's sources or whatever it may be. We're just talking the names that have popped up. This is nothing official. This is nothing reported. This is nothing that you should hold us to because these are just names that have popped up. The most intriguing one I've seen today, Ryan Day. At Ohio State, I would. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that one because he's done a great job. You, you started to say I would love that, and then you and I did yourself out of I it did. in the course of about two seconds. I did because here's my thing with Ryan Day at Ohio State. When he took over for Urban Meyer, I will go out and say I said he won't survive. I said because we know nothing about him. I don't think I don't think he can take over this program. I said in about three or four years, when Urban Meyer's players are gone. Ryan Day will not be successful at Ohio State. I was wrong. He's doing just fine up at Ohio State. So I don't know what he could do down here. He seems like a northern guy to me. Uh, He seems like he's doing just fine at Ohio State. In all honesty, why would you leave Ohio State to come to Auburn? I mean, the guy that I think I would want from Ohio State, not as a head coach, but just as a coach in general, is I think it's Brian Hartline. Is that right, Carter? The wide receivers coach up there? Yeah. His name like Hartline. 
Um, that's the guy that has been talked about as coming on as an offensive coordinator or maybe a receivers coach down here. It just that seems to fit the bill, and that seems like a really exciting hire out of Ohio State. I agree, Pete. He's a really, really good coach. But again, Brian Hartline brings in so much talent to that re- receiving core. That's it's something crazy. you brought up earlier this week, I think. It Carter. is crazy. He, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. You have Chris Olave. You've got Garrett Wilson. You've got Jackson Smith and Jigba. All of those guys. I mean, they are a wide receiver factory up there with the likes of Alabama and LSU and and even Clemson that's kind of fallen off here recently. I mean, you can put them in that wide receiver you conversation. I mean, yeah. where, you know, the position things that everybody likes to do. Ohio State's in that. And so I think that would be interesting. The names that keep popping up, right? Ryan Day is a new one. Dabo has popped up in there. Uh, Fickle has popped up in there. Saw I mean, Sam Pittman today. Was really an interesting one. Yeah, okay. I, it was kind of a letdown. <laughs> what? Yeah, that's a major. No, absolutely no. I, I want was... him. I want him to stay in Arkansas with his giant Razorback statue in front of his house. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I don't. I don't Good think he him. needs to come here. It's but be really awkward if that goes south. Like, what do you do with? What's that? it made out of? I don't know. Uh, I don't care. I don't know. It's <laughs> <laughs> well, look, man, again, these are names that that have just we've seen, whether it's again, whether it's reports, whether it's rumors, whether it's message boards, whether it's people on Twitter, whatever. It's just there are so many names that have popped up in this Auburn head coaching search more than I think have ever been because of the magnitude of what this Auburn job is right now and the the amount of massive names that are available to go after as head coaches. But I think it's safe to say that Lane Kiffin is probably number one right now for Auburn. But again, I like to go to this conversation. If Lane Kiffin takes the Auburn job, who takes over at Ole Miss? And if Lane Kiffin says no, then where do you go if you're Auburn? Well, if if Ole Miss opens up, I bet you names that will pop up. I bet you hear Jeff Grimes, or not? I, I, I bet you you do hear Jeff Grimes. I bet you hear Jamie Chadwell. I bet you hear Jeff Brom. Uh, those kind of names, I could see all of them popping up at Aranda. Ole Miss. I don't think I don't. I'm not sure about that. If if Aranda is not going to be mentioned all that much for for the Auburn job, if there's not going to be some sort of moment where it becomes clear that there's some sort of interest for the Auburn job I don't see him leaving Baylor for Ole Miss I really don't to me it seems that like Ole Miss if you lose Lane I would think that they would fall back to somebody who's been to Ole Miss before there's a guy named Kane Womack who's down in South Alabama right now he's the coach of the Jags down there right now he was at Ole Miss for a while and I'm wondering if they would bring back somebody like that who's been on staff before that you know has some sort of ties to Ole Miss that would come back. The conversation that's interesting that I saw earlier in the week, and I think Carter, I think you and I talked about it this week. Would Ole Miss go back to Hugh Freeze? I, I think there would be at least be some sort of a dis- discussion. I don't think it'd happen, but I think there would be a d- discussion in Oxford. The biggest thing would I feel like would be how many. How many people of the old 
regime do they have there that you know maybe had I've their never feathers heard ruffles. anybody pronounce regime <laughs> that way <laughs> that's what i was just thinking i've never heard anybody pronounce it that way that was fascinating do you have anybody it's a glimpse inside Jack brain? <laughs> you want a different way how many no. people in the old regime would oh no, no stick, right, please but, stick with regime no i get you i i, I think that there's there's going to be a lot of people that don't want him there, but I, I do think the name surfaces in some capacity, which will be unbelievably hilarious. But how would Ole Miss fans feel? I know we probably don't have a ton that listen to this but show, he'd win. but he'd win. I know, and that and he that's sure what we've would. talked about. We've talked about that with him being possibly coming to the Auburn job is Look, he can win and recruit. The majority of the things that uh, he got in trouble for, you can kind of do now. <laughs> When it comes to athletes <laughs> and money being connected, yes. And we'll leave yes. it at that. I think, yes. yeah, I that, think money is a good way I, to put I, it. I did not say everything he got I know, in trouble I know, for. I'm just saying. But I know the line I need to walk think, on that one. So one of, the, one of the other things, and I thought about this earlier this year, I would say this, and I think I've kind of switched course on this, is the fact that Hugh Freeze, when he was at Ole Miss, yeah, he had you know advantages that we want to say that other coaches and teams didn't have. Most every other program was doing what they were doing at that time. They just weren't getting caught with it. Does Bill do Bill Clark and Gus Malzahn pop up at a place like Ole Miss? Yes, I think Gus Malzahn might. I think Bill I Clark think Bill should Clark too. Does as well if he's if he's willing to come back and able to come back and coach. I'll give you a prediction here. Bill Clark will be an SEC West coach next year. SEC West. What if do you, would Texas A and M be possible for him? No, no I don't. I don't so, think so. If Texas A and M, if they hired, hired Bill Clark, Jimbo Fisher, and hired the former UAB coach, that's not going to move that. That's not going to move the needle at all. Yeah, I, I like Bill Clark a lot, but I got to agree there. I that's think, that's hey, such, I think. I think a guy like Bill Clark would do really well at a place like Ole Miss. I've said Bill Clark should have been in the in the running for the Auburn job. I think Bill Clark's a great head coach. If you can do that at UAB, you can do that anywhere. I mean, the guy took over a football program that did not exist. He rebuilt. This is true. He rebuilt. I mean, it literally didn't exist when he walked in the door. And they they said, "Here you go." So they they tell me why practice where they weren't allowed to play games, and I just. I would love to have a documentary of some kind on. That's the hard knock you need. Is that right there? What was that? Just practice every day against the same guys, like. That's crazy. And that's what I'm saying. That's why Bill Clark has my respect so much because he took over a program at UAB, didn't exist, had no money. He went out and got all of that, and he took that team to bowl games and was a legitimate team in the state of Alabama. I mean, I think that Bill Clark is a great coach. I know he stepped away for health reasons. I don't know what his situation is on that right now, uh, but his name is circulated, so I would assume that he's probably put his name out there and maybe looking to get back into coaching. Uh, I would love to see him at Ole Miss. I think he would do fantastic. But you wouldn't see him at a school like A and M because if you see him at Auburn, no, there's no way he could be. At if A&M. you see him at Auburn, I don't though, see him at Auburn. Jacob just said he saw him at Auburn. I said he should have been in the conversation. I don't see him at Auburn because I think Auburn right now, John Cohen, Chris Roberts, and Rich McGlynn, they know this is going to be a. Big swing hire. Oh, yeah. This is going to be a splashy hire. They cannot afford to take a risk or get this wrong because this thing needs to get back on track right now. With with my statement about Bill Clark in Auburn, at this time, 
I, I got to go with Carter. I don't think this is the time Auburn could hire Bill Clark. But I think when they hired Brian Harson, that was a perfect time to yeah. hire Bill Clark, yeah. who had already proven he could do it at UAB. That was the time you could hire a name like Bill Clark. And and I'm not I'm not saying this to talk down about Bill Clark or say he's not as big as some of these other coaches, but that's kind of where we're going with this, is he just hasn't done it at this level yet. But I think before Auburn hired, when they fired Malzahn, that was a great time to hire somebody like Bill Clark, but I'm with Carter. I think at this time, you've got to hire that big-name, proven coach with where the Auburn program is. Bill Clark could have been the last hire at Auburn. He cannot be this higher at Auburn. I think, yeah, Interesting. yeah. that's 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 I'm kind of the way that. I'm putting that is that's that's the situation. But I could see Bill Clark going to Ole Miss, but that's why you can't hire him at A and M either because you can't buy out Jimbo Fisher for 85 million and then hire Bill Clark. And, yeah. and it's that's not anything against him. He just hasn't done it at this level yet. And I mm-hmm. think that's kind of where we're going. We got to get to a break. Hour number two rolling on here on the Friday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7. On the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. Let's get to the phone lines here on the Friday edition of On the Line. We've got Steve coming up. We'll get to Spectre after him. Steve, you're on the line. Welcome in. Yeah, Bill Clark has got about as much business being the coach at Auburn as I do. Yeah, I know y'all I agree. are younger. But if y'all don't remember his days at Prattville when he purposely blocked players going to Auburn, purposely sent players to Alabama, you know, had the, had the best program in the state because it's easy to have the best program in the state when you are pulling out of 16 districts, districts where your kids don't belong and then never did anything to help Auburn. Talk to anybody on the staff that was at Auburn when he was a high school coach at Prattville and see if they want him anywhere near Auburn, That's- let alone – our head coach. Yeah, There's some that's fair. People that don't need to be there, and Bill Clark is on the top of that dang list. That's, I mean, look, that's a fair point. And uh, again, I don't think he would get the job. I don't think he would e- maybe even be in consideration. I just think he's a really good coach, and what he did at UAB was impressive. What he did before that, yeah, it definitely plays into that. Well, and he also he's the one that throws his name out there all the time, like half the coaches that's true. and agents are doing now. Right. He threw his name out there the last time when that he went. Nobody, nobody ever talked to him. It's like it's like Petrino throwing his name out there in 2013, and that's a whole lot what's going on there. Anybody that thinks Dabo Sweeney's coming to Auburn's out of their mind too. Dabo Sweeney's agent is just saying, "Hey, Auburn's willing to pay this much money. We better let." Clemson know we better let Alabama know they better tell us that we're the next coach I mean this is all a dance but there are certain people who are disqualified and Bill Clark is on the top of the dang list Steve I, 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 I do have a question for you about Dabo Swinney I mean Dabo Swinney yes he has had elite success at Clemson but the ACC is in the process of slowly dying and we're moving towards a big two of the SEC and the Big Ten could you see this being some sort of power play move for him to get into the this these big two conferences well he's 52 or 53 years old i think he's perfectly fine finishing up at clemson where he goes 11 and 1 and gets in the 12 team playoff every time right now you know i don't know if he wants to be the next coach at alabama that's where his heart is which means he doesn't need to be anywhere near auburn um there's like i said he's another disqualified individual who's not done anything to help auburn ever in his life no matter where he was um, I think he's a, a dang good football coach, but if, no, we're not going to pay that guy that much money. 
And he's he is in the point of his career where he's better off staying where he is. Now, if he Fair. can pull Texas A&M into hiring him and going <laughs> over there and make $15 million a year at, at, at Aggieland. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Well, that's, a diff- that's, that's a different story. I yeah. Mean, I don't blame these guys for trying to go get that money. And you're right. The Big Ten and the SEC is are setting themselves up to be the only two. But, you know, it's even the Hugh Freeze thing. I mean, he makes like, like $5.5 million a year at Liberty. You know, they're about to pay his house off, I think, or some things like that. He's got, you know, golf memberships. He's, I mean, he's got a pretty good life going on. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, just, you're not going to win a national championship at Liberty, though, unfortunately. And I agree that that Dabo is a great coach, and I I would stay at Clemson right now just for because, like you said, you go eleven and one, and you compete for national championships every year. Hey, Steve, we got to get to another phone call after you, man. I apologize. We got to get to Specter, who is on line two. Specter, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey guys, um, just want to talk to you about woulda, coulda, shoulda. Okay. All right. Talking about coach searching. Yeah. You okay. remember back in 2014 under Malzahn, we were eight and five. We were eight and five and four and four in the SEC. Yep. And then uh, 2015, we were seven and six, two and six in the SEC. Yeah. Why? Why in the world didn't we go after Kirby Smart? You are. Are you talking about when Gus Malzahn was hired in 2013? And. Well, I'm talking about 2014, 2015. Well, I know, I know. Kirby at least was interviewed for the head coaching job in in 2013. Uh, he pretty soon thereafter got the 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 Georgia job. I I, I, I agree with you. I do. I I think I think if I had the choice between Gus Malzahn and Kirby Smart, I would have taken Kirby Smart every single time. I don't have in front of me what the what the the Gus Malzahn contract looked like at the time and what the buyout was, but I would say that that may have played a role in it. Well, we're talking about a lot of money now, aren't we? Yeah, I mean, yeah, 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 but it's also different because everybody's renegotiating their TV contracts, and yeah. I feel like now you're seeing the the booster culture around college football is getting more and more uh, – they're more and more invested – and so the money is getting up and up and up, whereas I think it was a little bit different of a climate in, in 2014, 2015, when you were talking about coaches, coaches buyouts, coaches contracts, that type of thing. Well, I'm just, my point is the whole, this whole thing is Auburn's always in a, in a position to always make the wrong decisions, get the wrong coaches. For whatever reason, you know, it was always... Who, who, is, the, who is the right decision in your mind right now Specter. Well, it ain't Lane Kiffin. I don't care what everybody else is calling in saying how much they love him, this, this, that, and the other. It ain't Lane Kiffin. So who's the answer? Who is it? For you. Well, well, I tell you what, um, I'd make Urban Meyer say no. Interesting. That I, name is, I, that I, name is I, circulating a little bit. I am curious about his health because he has been missing from the and, big noon and, Saturday and, set the past couple weeks. I think there may be something going on there. Well, I don't, I don't. Maybe I mean everybody's got. Health he's problems. he's he's retired twice from coaching for health reasons as well. Well, you know, who knows what goes in somebody's mind? He might be, you know, 
Maybe so. I don't know. Right. But he, he, he's not but two years older than, than Deion Sanders. Yeah, well, yep. I think I think Urban would be a, a really good consideration. Hey, we're up against a break, Spectre. It's good to hear from you. We appreciate you calling in and Steve as well. Urban Meyer's been a name that circulated a little bit, but again... Hey, I think it's been... A, Urban Meyer's been a little bit more wishful thinking mm-hmm. than anything else. I was going to say, mm-hmm. Urban Meyer's been a, a coaching search board. Every coaching search board for the past, what, I five mean, years? Yeah. Remember, I don't know. Nebraska was they wanted him. Yeah, I, I mean, he's a great coach. You can't deny that. Same thing with Dabo. Those big names, they're great coaches. We got to get to a break. Thirty more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line. We'll talk Auburn, Western Kentucky when we come back. You are on the line with Jacob Goins. And Carter Bird on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins, Carter Bird, joined by Jack Hutton in studio for the next 30 minutes here on ESPN 106.7. As we get into talking college football this weekend, Auburn at home against Western Kentucky for the final game in Jordan-Hare Stadium in 2022. Of course, we know Auburn coming off the win over Texas A&M last week. Coach Cadillac, he gets his first win as interim head coach. Expectations is something we sort of talked about a little bit in the first hour, Jack, for this game tomorrow for Auburn. It is a sneaky matchup with Western Kentucky because they can score a lot of points. They are touchdown, less than touchdown underdogs at Jordan-Hare Stadium tomorrow. So, what are your expectations for what you want to see from Auburn tomorrow? Obviously the win, but on top of that, what do you want to see from the Tigers tomorrow? Well, I think the biggest thing that I'd like to see is Auburn to keep up the momentum from that Texas A&M game they went through. I mean, Austin Reed is, by the numbers, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the country, uh, just by the numbers if you're looking at 3,500 yards, 31 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. And granted, it's a very pass-heavy offense that Auburn's going to go up against, but uh, it's an offense that Auburn can get some work with their DBs on because they're going to see an even better quarterback the next week in Bryce Young. So, you know, you want to get some of that eye discipline. Um, but, I mean, for the most part, ESPN has this, their, you know, their little FPI um, matchup mm-hmm. predictor. They have this as Auburn winning with a 55% chance. So this is almost a toss-up on ESPN. And with the momentum at that Auburn's point, playing with right now – I Go ahead. At one point this year, it was a 48% chance to win yeah. for Auburn. So I, I, with the momentum that Auburn's playing with right now, I don't I don't see that. I, I think Auburn's going to find a way to out-physical Western Kentucky in this one. But I could certainly see the Hilltoppers coming in and putting up some points, um, especially with that offensive attack, like we said, kind of using that air raid a lot like Mississippi State does. I could see them putting up points, but I don't, I don't see Auburn falling in this one. I think we're – I think we're going into the Iron Bowl with a shot at uh, bowl eligibility. <laughs> oh, I, I 100% agree. I, I look at this matchup. I think Auburn's going to be focused enough. You do get to see uh, Austin Reed for Western Kentucky, a guy who's put up some numbers this year for them. Uh, I believe he has thrown for 3,548 yards, 31 touchdowns, has seven interceptions. Austin Reed also won a Division II National Championship in 2019 at West Florida, by the way. But uh, he's a transfer into this program. He's picked up where Bailey Zappi left off. The offense has continued to be pretty daggum good. 
But I, I like the way that Auburn's secondary has played here in recent weeks. I think that they have grown a lot. You've seen J.D. Rem out there making plays, Keontae Scott out there. You've seen Jalen Simpson at safety. I thought he's played really well the last few weeks. I he I think he's he has a much better perf- potential, much uh, he's much more likely to play safety professionally than than corner, and you're seeing that. And I hate that 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 transition started this late in the year. Um, but I but I like the way that Auburn's been playing. I think Caden Bridges played played pretty well back there. I I am encouraged by the way the secondary has come along in recent weeks, and I think that they're going to be up to the challenge. Here's your quarterback comparison with Western Kentucky and Auburn. Your offensive comparison, if you will. Reed is 299 for 439. Like Carter said, 3,548 yards, 31 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. Robbie Ashford, 104 for 208. 1,434 yards, 6 touchdowns, and 7 interceptions. In a couple less games played. So yes. not quite as bad, but How about he said exactly still a big difference. 50% completion percentage yeah. on the year. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. 50%, your six touchdowns, seven interceptions. Those are his throwing stats. He, he does have rushing stats, obviously, but I'm just looking at the straight-up quarterback stat of step back and throw the football. That's the difference in these two offenses tomorrow is that Western Kentucky is going to line up. They're going to drop back and see who they can who they can get to beat you down the field, and they're going to lob it down there and try to score. Auburn, they're going to run. I mean, that's just what they do, hopefully, now that they've got Cadillac. We saw it against Mississippi State. We saw it against Texas A&M. I think we'll see it against Western Kentucky tomorrow, and I think we're going to see it against Alabama next week. So that's what Auburn does is run the football. Tank Bigsby has 797 yards for eight touchdowns. It's nice to see that he has a chance to get to that 1,000-yard mark this season, and we know Auburn runs. That's what they've got to do. You've got to run with Tank. You've got to run with Jarquez. You've got to run with Robbie Ashford. That is what you have to do if you're Auburn, not just to win tomorrow, but to beat Alabama next week. Definitely so. And that's an interesting tidbit to bring up about Tank. He's, what, 203 yards away. And so you think if you can get him over 100 for this game, you got a good shot at getting him to 1,000 on the year. That's just something that having a 1,000-yard rusher tends to be a good sign for a lot of offensive programs. Um, I'm looking at mostly the Auburn DBs like you guys have been talking about. So the young guys like you mentioned, J.D. Rim, like Caden Bridges, um, Caleb Wooden. I mean, all these guys that are still young and in the program but are going to have some opportunity to play tomorrow. I'm hoping Auburn can get out to a lead so that you can see some of those guys get some action. Just so you know, Carter hates the the standard of a running a running back hitting 1,000 yards. I think yards. it's great. I really do think it's great. But I think it's so overblown and <laughs> like a, a big deal when I it's think not it's that great, big of a But deal. here's why it sucks. I, yeah, think, that's it. I, I that's would it. rather have three running backs run for 800 yards than one guy who runs for 1,200 yards. Like, like give me a spread out uh, deeper. We're not going to run a guy into the ground as we saw in 2017 with Auburn where, where Gus Mouse is on. I mean, honestly, he ran Carrion Johnson into the ground to a, to a point that Carrion Johnson never recovered. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt. But I still think for this offense and for Tank in this situation to get to 1,000 yards, I think it's pretty pretty testament to what Cadillac has done in, yes, in two games, coming into three, coming into four games. Because you look my, more my, at- my entire point with the 1,000-yard rusher thing is that it's this milestone that we make such a big deal about that I don't think 
really means all that much. I mean, you I go- think it's gotten easier to get a thousand yards too. You see more running backs get a thousand yards now than I'm you not did sure about that. I mean, we've 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 seen some. I mean, Auburn did it for nine years. Auburn did it in 2012. Yeah, did it in 2012. On the last Auburn may not do it play this of the year. year. <laughs> yeah, Auburn hasn't done it in a few years now with better offenses than 2012. That's Something fair. to look at, and this is it's fairly obvious, but a, a and I think Carter, you'd agree with this, but a more telling stat is going to be your yards per carry and tanks up to five and a half right now. So Jarquez is essentially, 5.3. Yeah. So essentially anytime you're giving the ball to an Auburn running back this year, you're picking up five and a half yards that can win ball games. Yeah. That, that's the only stat you need is that right there. I mean, that, that shows why Auburn should be running the football. That shows why it was such a huge question mark and why Brian Harson just said, man, we're good. I need, I need a uh, sports reference. You know how, when you click on somebody's like stat profile on sports reference, there's a splits mm-hmm. thing where you can go look at how it's all broken down in different circumstances. I need a Brian Harson split and a Cadillac Williams split, because I promise you that yards per carry number is astronomically higher under Cadillac Williams. I did, Carter, while we were doing after the game this past week, I did something like that, and I don't think I saved it because I think we were in the middle of something, but I'm going to try to do that again and have you an answer on that tomorrow. <laughs> you were in the middle of a sports talk show is what I, you were in the middle of. Exactly, but <laughs> while Carter was giving his very thorough, thought-out oh, opinions. Okay, okay. Kind of working right. on this, doing some math on Yeah, the side, I got man. you. Well, look, Auburn plays Western Kentucky tomorrow. Line is five and a half. Auburn favored by five and a half points. I think they win. I think they cover that. I just don't let – I don't think Cadillac lets his team lose tomorrow. I just – I don't I think it's possible. I agree. I, I think it's – I think that they're going to show up focused and they're going to show up ready to play, and I think it's going to show. I think so, too. Last home game at Jordan-Hare. Excited to see what the fans do, what the fans show uh, tomorrow in Jordan-Hare. You got Auburn basketball tonight they play texas southern uh that should be an easy win for the tigers they're favored by 25 and a half points so texas southern finds their way into the tournament sometimes sometimes yeah maybe not this year since they're one and four but still should be a uh still should be an easy win for auburn they're gonna have to win their conference tournament regardless Mm -hmm. so Whatever happens right now really doesn't matter for, for that's fair for Texas. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. What would you guys so? And I have my thoughts about this, but there are some that think that the regular season champion should be the one that gets an automatic invite in the NCAA tournament. Do you guys think the same thing, or do you like the parity that you can get in the conference? Well, I think the garbage where where you have a team that's like just moved up that's not eligible to to participate in postseason play i think that's yeah i hate that rule too but to jack's point talking a little college basketball look it's like when auburn won the the regular season sec championship and then didn't win the sec tournament winning the regular season conference championship means more than winning a tournament because anybody can get hot in three games of basketball and just go on a run we've seen it thousands and thousands and thousands of times you say that but the literal national champion is decided by getting hot in a tournament and winning a bunch of games and making it all the way to the championship and winning it i know but i'm talking just conference if you win your conference championship regular season title that means you were the best team for three months in a row and that means you were the best team from start to finish that means more than a three-day tournament in nashville right or a three-day tournament in vegas wherever they play conference tournament games right I think that means more for me. I think it – I don't know about 
if that should be the automatic bid or not because I do like the excitement of if a team gets hot in their conference tournament, they can go and make this the NCAA tournament. Now, again, if the team goes and wins the SEC tournament, but that's the only reason they got in, is that team going to go and win the national championship? Probably not, right? right? I mean, pro- unless they just continue to stay hot and just run through the NCAA tournament and beat some really good teams, but I don't think... I don't think so. I just, I like, I do like how if you win your conference tournament, you get in, but I think it means more to win your conference championship regular season title over the tournament title. That's just kind of, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Yeah, definitely so. I'm I'm much the same way in that I think the principle of, you know, the conference champion of the year that has proven it all year long gets to go. I really just love the idea in March of, you can win nothing during the year and then all of a sudden get hot and you're in the big dance. That just makes for some great moments. Well, it makes for great moments and it makes for good teams that they have to play well every single game because you can't take anybody easy and you yeah. can't overlook any game, right? That's what makes March Madness so much fun. And uh, we've been talking... so much room for chaos. Yeah, that's what makes it March Madness. That's, that's why it is what it is. That's why it's the most fun time of the year when you watch sports. I will never forget... The the Texas A&M comeback in the tournament years ago where they had uh, what's his name the uh, the bald eagle from oh, the, in um, the NBA oh uh, Caruso <laughs> yes yeah. Alex yeah, Caruso right. yeah. they were down like 15 points with like 70 seconds left to that get was back a one. fantastic game gets like Stephen awesome. F Austin yeah yeah I think that's who it was with Stephen <laughs> F Austin that's right. and, and that's that's what makes college basketball so fun that's why I love it so much and now that we're getting into the season of college basketball. I'm just really, really excited. Auburn basketball plays tonight. Texas Southern. Auburn football plays Western Kentucky tomorrow. When we come back, we'll make final picks for college football, kind of looking around, making some predictions, all that good stuff. We'll talk Auburn basketball football one more time as we wrap up the Friday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7. You are on the line on ESPN 106.7. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app. Wrapping up the Friday edition of On the Line, Jacob Goins, Carter Bird, joined by Jack Hutton in studio here on ESPN 1067. Reminder, oh, Jack, did you get it done? Yeah, I, got, I just got this done. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, keep going, so keep pumped. going, but I, I got it done. Well, I want to hear it. Okay. Um, so tell tell the people what it is right, and so, then <laughs> lay it all on the line for them. <laughs> okay. So over the break, we went back and we looked at Tank Bigsby stats, and I didn't get to Jarquez, but we looked at Tank Bigsby stats. Then we decided to do it for the entire team. In games where the previous head coach was at the helm. You can say his name. It's okay. You have 81 carries for 389 yards. That's 4.8 yards a carry for Tank. Okay. In the games where Cadillac Williams has been the head coach, 36 carries, 210 yards, that's 5.83 yards a carry, a whole yard per carry more every time he runs the ball. Yeah. Team-wise, here you go. And this is excluding SEC games, by the way. So this, or you or mean coach, non-SEC games. Including only SEC games, excluding non-SEC games. Under the previous head coach, 223 attempts, 879 yards, that's 3.9 yards a carry for the entire team. For Cadillac, 101 attempts for 526 yards, 
5.2 yards per carry rushing. Auburn is running the ball better under Cadillac Williams, and Tank Bigsby is running the ball better under Cadillac Williams. Well, it's crazy when you put focus on running the football and you use to your strengths of Tank Bigsby, Jarquez Hunter, and Robbie Ashford. When you run the ball, it's crazy what happens when your best players are running backs on the field. So that that just sort of shows, I know it's only a two-game stand with Cadillac so far, but that's a pretty big significant difference in just that two games versus what we saw under Brian Harson in SEC games. We've got about four minutes. Let's get to the phone lines really, really quickly. 334-321-1390. Eric, you're on the line. Welcome in. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Enjoy yeah. the show, and uh, appreciate you taking my call. Absolutely. Real quick, real quick, you guys, uh, I know you mentioned uh, Dabo Sweeney. I just want to touch on that um, because I think that – I'm not saying it's a possibility. I'm not saying he's going to do it, but but why not to get out of his conference? You guys missed, missed – or made that statement earlier i would definitely rather coach in the sec he may not get his his dream job if alabama is his dream job but still in the sec west another point real quick before i go one of your callers mentioned urban meyer i would not want urban meyer at auburn he's the biggest dirtbag in the world as head coach i don't care how good he is but after his stint in jacksonville that sealed the deal for me I would not. Want I think him that's at fair. Auburn. Yeah, I think that's I think a lot fair. of people feel that way about Urban Meyer, especially in this part of the country. Yeah, I I, yeah. I think you're going to see more and more big name coaches in the other Power Five conferences try to make moves to the Big Ten and SEC because they know the way the sport is trending. Yes, and the money's in those two conferences yep. right now. That's right. That's money, absolutely money right. Money and resources. It's all about that. It's all about that. And nil. <laughs> that's that's the way this game is played now. <laughs> Yes, sir. Thanks for taking my call, guys. We appreciate, appreciate the call. That's Eric joining us here at the final buzzer here on the Friday edition of On the Line. We love that. As Quick we, picks. Quick picks. Let's do it real quick. <laughs> all right. We got like three games to pick because that's pretty much all there is tomorrow. Besides Auburn, Western Kentucky, I think we all agree. We pick Auburn to win. I'd like Auburn to cover. I think five and a half is a little too low. I know Western Kentucky is good offensively. I just yep. don't see it. So looking at a couple of the games tomorrow, uh, as we get into this thing, Georgia should wipe the floor with Kentucky. I think Tennessee gets it done with South Carolina. Ole Miss, Arkansas tomorrow night. Cold one in Fayetteville. Look, give me give me Arkansas. I think KJ Jefferson, if he plays, I think Arkansas has the home field advantage. I think they're going to get up off the mat here after a tough fight last week against LSU, and I think that they're going to put together a decent little game. I'm going to take Lane and the boys in this one, I think. I think Jackson Dart's going to come to play. I think Arkansas is kind of reeling after uh, they got hot to start the season, he but then like they've just come down. So mm-hmm. give me, uh, yeah, get, well, I mean, give me the favorite. I feel like it's, but I feel like there's going to be some people who are saying, oh, Ole Miss isn't really <laughs> in it anymore. So what are they going to do? I think Lane gets them up and ready to go. I like Ole Miss in that game. I think their offense is just too good. I'm going to take Ole Miss in that one. TCU on the road at Baylor, they got to win to stay in the college football playoff. Look, TCU, I'm going to continue – because I don't believe in TCU. I'm going to continue to pick against them. <laughs> Baylor's got, got an offense that I think when it's when it's clicking, it's really good. I know TCU does, but give me Baylor. I think the uh, sick of Bears get it done. Oh, man, i got to go against you again here. I That's really fine. like TCU. Quentin Johnson's been just an animal since that Kansas game. So give me TCU. Give me Max Duggan and the TCU Horn Frogs. Quickly, I'm going with Baylor. I think they get the upset TCU. We've said it all year. They play with fire. It ends tomorrow in Waco. Two games in the Pac-12. They have huge, huge implications in college football. USC at UCLA, Utah at Oregon. Who wins both and why? 
Tell me what the good win is for USC because it does not exist and it's not going to exist on Saturday night. UCLA in the upset in that one. And then also Utah's going to dominate Oregon. Dominate them. Bo Nix is not going to play in that game. I agree. I, I agree. So I, I do think UCLA is going to be able to handle business against USC. I don't like um, I don't like any of USC's wins thus far. And I think if Bo Nix was playing, I'd be picking Oregon. But just because of that, I'm actually not sure if they're going to dominate, but I think Utah wins that game. I'm going against you both. I like USC to beat UCLA. I'm taking Oregon whether Bo Nix plays guess or not. I you like being wrong. I guess we'll find out on Monday. <laughs> got, him. got me, yeah. We'll talk about it on Monday. How about that? Reminder, tune in tonight. Wings 94-3, 6.30, kickoff at 7. Broadcast starts at 6.30, kickoff at 7. For Auburn High School, they take on Central in the semifinals of the state championship. Or you can listen to Lee Scott Basketball over on AU100. That's 100.3 on your radio dial. What, Jack? Go, go, go. Jarquez Hunter has seven yards per carry under uh, Cadillac Williams. He had 4.6 under the previous staff. Holy cow. Hey, Tune into high school sports this weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.